Is there a way that you guys think about the ratio between the number of habit goals and achievement goals that you guys might have on a uh, on a quarterly basis? 37.3% habit goals. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's what I thought it was, too. Yep. I just wanted to ask for the <laughs> I'm so glad we're, you know, on the same wavelength. That's just correct. This. It's factual. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet so you can banish distraction, get stuff done, and finally start loving Monday with your host, Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton. Courtney, happy Monday. How you doing? Doing great. I love Mondays. Me too. Mondays are the best. They're the best. And you know what? The people listening, you're going to love Mondays too. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Have you ever set a bunch of goals, but then forgot them? Yes, except what it looks like is I set a bunch of goals. Usually it's like December 30th or January 3rd. And I'm like, all right, this is the year. 2019, this is the year. And then I forget about that document for four months. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look at it and I go, oh, oh dang, yeah. I'm not going to tell anyone about this because I don't want anyone to know that I totally am not on track to hit half of these. And you go back and find your Instagram post about your goals and you quickly delete it. Yeah, quickly delete it. (laughs) I didn't mean that. (laughs) Exactly. This, this episode is, you know, if you have that excitement about setting goals and then it fizzles like I've done in the past, this is going to help that. It's also going to be great. You know, if you, if you make a lot of goals and you're trying, you know, you're just sort of feeling like, oh my gosh, I gotta do this. Then I could do this. I gotta do this. And you kind of feel frantic. Yeah, I, I think that's what I used to do is I would set some goals and then I would try to work on all of them all at the same time. And how does it how does it feel? A terrible and especially terrible because I don't I can't do all of those things all at one time. And so I fail. You know, my wife, Elaine and I, we talk about this because sometimes we feel that failure and then we have this discussion. We have to pick ourselves up because then we realize, you know what, maybe we should, you know should we lower our expectations basically? Like, you know, I, you hear people, you know, you mentioned Instagram, scrolling through Instagram, just dream bigger. And I'm like, no friend, I, you know, I dreamt big. (laughs) (laughs) I said big goals. And it didn't work. And it didn't work. Right. So if you felt that way, this episode, we're going to help fix that. Yeah. Today we're talking about a technique called the quarterly big Three. So we've already big talked about three. Yeah. We already talked about the big three. We did talk about the big three, but we talked about the daily big three, the weekly big three, and now we're talking about the quarterly big three. And they all play together, but they are all very different. And this is the highest level of that where you're you're thinking about the next 90 days, the one quarter at a time. What are the big three? So before we jump into that, also in the room with us our producer, Mike Boyer, a.k.a. Verbs. Hello, people. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This. Glad to be here with Blake and Courtney. Also want to invite you, those listening, to make sure that you share this podcast by using the hashtag Focus on This Podcast anywhere in the social media universe where you find yourself. And we will greatly appreciate it. But not just that, the people that you share with will also appreciate the share. We've talked about the daily big three. We've talked about the weekly big three. That same concept we're going to apply to your goals. So, you know, if you're kind of confused, there's a bunch of big threes here. Uh, Let me just go through and clarify. The daily big three is about focusing on tasks. What are you going to do today? What's the most important things? The weekly big three, you're focusing on three accomplishments or three achievements. 
three finish lines that you go, you know what, if I cross that, I'm really moving the needle towards my goals. Today, we're talking about the quarterly big three, which is what are three goals that you can really lean into and focus on for this quarter? And that's it. Two to three goals for this quarter, and that's it. That limitation is key. You know, that that's the thing, and it's a theme that we have on this podcast. This podcast is about focus, not just about getting a bunch of stuff done, but about getting the right things done. And so you have to say no to the right things and yes to the right things. The quarterly big three is, is where that really comes into play. And I can hear people, especially people that have listen to a lot of our stuff before they're saying, oh, wait, I thought it was seven to 10 goals. And that would be per year. So if you break that down, it equals two to three goals per quarter. And if that feels like a weight was just lifted, it feels good, right? I mean, it should. It should be like two goals in a quarter. I got three months to knock those out. Like I can do that. Exactly. It's it's a really powerful practice. We do that as a company. We do that totally. here at Michael Hyatt and Company. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we also, when you apply that to your personal life, it's really powerful. Yep. So the point is you're going to focus on three and only three and really two to three. Sometimes my quarterly big three is actually a quarterly big two, but the point is the same. You really don't want to focus on more than three goals per quarter. Yep. Reason one is it forces you to work consistently on goals. A lot of your goals, what we do, we set goals that it's going to take us all year to achieve. Like you might have a big financial goal and it it takes you all year to get there. You can kind of in the middle kind of coast a little bit because you're not focused on it. You know, maybe you were at the beginning and maybe you are at the end, but all in that middle section of the year, you're like totally forgot about that financial goal. And what happens, you get to the end and you're like, wait, there's no way that we can achieve this. That's how goals get missed. So what this helps you do is actually spread your deadlines throughout the year. And it virtually guarantees progress all throughout the year. It's pretty cool. I mean, I've been really, I've only worked here at Michael Hyatt and Company for you know less than half a year. But that has been one of my biggest takeaways is like, wow, we really practiced that. You know, Michael always uses this phrase, hey, let's, let's create a game you can win. And that's what it feels like. It feels like, oh, I don't have to you know, try to, uh, you know, do a million things at once. I can actually just have a couple of goals and we can set deadlines that are more frequent than like, okay, see you in December 31st. Hopefully you became a better person. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if you won or lost. Exactly. And that brings me to my next rationale. And I love this one, but having a quarterly big three forces you to narrow your focus. So I'll share this as an example. So I grew up playing sports I, and I enjoyed, you know, staying fit through my young adulthood. And I'd like to go to the gym to, to work out. And I would always do like, hey, I want to try to work every single muscle group so that everything's even and I'm going to get stronger. And I, I worked out pretty consistently. And I noticed like I wasn't actually getting stronger and I couldn't figure out why. And then I actually bought a program from a guy who told me, he said, you know, you really only want to focus on three key lifts throughout the whole week. He actually kind of had a big three, but for working out. And it was this strategy that totally eliminated, first of all, my time in the gym went down a ton. And when I only had 15 minutes to go to the gym, I knew exactly what I needed to do. And it was crazy because all of a sudden I started making gains with three Zs, you know, as, as they say. Um, <laughs> I started making gains in the gym. I was getting stronger so much faster because I had a narrow focus. 
And the same thing works with your work goals and your home goals, with goal setting in general, is when you have a narrow focus, the truth is that it's just impossible to improve on every every muscle group. You know, it's impossible. Like you said, you have two goals that are actually competing with each other. Yeah. And that's how it works. When you narrow your focus, you set up a game that you can win and make sure, hey, these goals are going to function together. I can pursue these hard for 90 days and really see some gains. Yeah, and I think having focusing on two to three each quarter, you can have a win, you know, mm-hmm. by focusing on it at the end. It keeps you going. It's motivating. So the last reason is it really works. Um, you can still take action. Like if you've got your yearly goals, it's not that you've like totally forgotten them and that there may not be action that you need to take, but you're free to focus on those two to three that you've outlined as your quarterly big three. Yeah, you know, I think what, hesitate you know my hesitation in getting this practice going in my own life was it was hard for me to say well what's more important they're all important these seven to ten goals I have for the year all feel important if I focus on two to three doesn't that mean that I'll lose you know that I'll lose elsewhere did you ever feel that do you know yeah I know I know exactly what you're what you're saying is you feel like oh if I can just keep them all balanced and I could do it just a little bit here and there on all of them. Well, I guess I'm just afraid if I lean into one goal for 90 days or two, you know, three goals only for 90 days, I'm afraid that the other ones will fall by the wayside. Yeah. And I don't even know if I have a great explanation, but it just works. Like I I was afraid of that. Maybe you're afraid of that and you've been resisting. Do do you know why it works? You you know why it works? I don't know why. Because if you take those goals, what do we say? Seven to 10 Uh and you divide them by four. Can you do that math? Uh, wait, hold on. Do you have a piece of paper? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you get two to three goals each quarter. And so it's not that they're gone. You're going to get to them. It's that you're setting, yeah. Yeah, it's like a run. It's like where you got to kind of pace yourself. Huh. And you're like, if you get a good pace, at the end, you're going to run further than if you tried like to run really fast at the beginning. If you tried to like knock them all out at the beginning, uh, you're in the long run, you're going to be more successful. You know what? That's a great point. So it's not that you just forget the other goals while you have a quarterly big three. You have the other goals. They're just living in maybe it's July or maybe that one's really going to be a focus in Q4. That's right. And if you, you use the full focus planner, when you lay out your goals at the beginning of the year, you actually go ahead and decide which quarter you're going to focus on these. Which is massive, isn't it? So, yeah, it makes your quarterly big three really easy because you're like, all right, here's what's up next. You know what's so powerful about that in that page in the full focus planner where you choose which quarter the goal is going to be accomplished in, it really makes you think, because I had never really thought about that. I'm like, well, I'm just going to work on my goals all the time. And then you realize, oh, it's just not realistic for me to try to do all that all at once. I literally don't have the bandwidth. You know, in another episode, we talked about connecting all the dots, you know, having the one system where you're turning your goals into daily actions. You realize, man, I actually don't have enough time to do all this. So this creates a game you can win, which I love. Absolutely. All right. So let's recap the three reasons that you should have a quarterly big three. First, it forces you to work consistently on goals. It forces you to narrow your focus and it really works. And next we want to look at how does this work in real life, for folks like you listening, we have a guest that's going to come on and share with us, you know, how do they do a quarterly big three and how does that play out in their real life? Uh, but first, Verbs, I'll kick it to you. What do you have for us today? We just want to remind everyone listening to share this podcast with a friend. Here's an idea. Why not text somebody right now, unless you're driving, of course, 
You can do this later, but text them with the link to the podcast. And if it's helping you, we're confident it's going to help them as well. Also, don't forget to check out the Facebook community dedicated to productivity and using the planner. So just search for the Full Focus Planner community right there on Facebook. Now, let's get to our guest, Rebecca Johnson. Hello, this is Rebecca. Rebecca, this is Blake. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Blake. Thank you. How are you? Hey, Rebecca. We're so excited to have you. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, Rebecca, I'd love to know uh, a couple of things. First of all, where are you calling from today? I am calling from Denver, Colorado. Oh, I love Denver. I know, especially when it's so, you know, it's, Human it's here. muggy in Nashville. I'm like, oh, give me that Denver. Well, Rebecca, what, t- tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do for a living? Uh, what's your life look like these days? So for a living, I am, uh, I own my own business and I work uh, in communications with nonprofit organizations and their leaders. And I also sometimes work with leadership development and um, sometimes collaboratively writing books with some of those nonprofit leaders. So a lot of things in that space around communications. And my life these days tends to look like um, my husband and I live in Denver and, and we're, it's just us at home. So our personal life is so Somewhat less complicated, perhaps, than family life, but still plenty going on. How did you get started using the Full Focus Planner? I think I have been using it since it was first released with a little hiatus, but I had been looking for a planner that had a little more structure. I had used some um, Evernote and some more simple notebooks to try to bring structure to the way I'd used planning. I use my calendar online a lot, but somehow when I saw, probably just in awareness of Michael Hyatt and company and a lot of the leadership resources they provide, I learned about the planner and it had this structure of so many things that I've been trying to do with other tools and it just made it easier to pick up and begin using those features in a way that was already built in. So true. I'd love to know as you've developed this quarterly preview um, practice (laughs) and kind of looking at your quarterly big three, how do you think that's like improved your overall productivity? Um, I think one of the ways it has improved my productivity is, you you know, the popular analogy of you can't see the forest for the trees. And, you know, week in and week out is kind of like being in the trees. But I think when you pull back quarterly, um, there's two specific things that I try to make part of my quarterly, sort of looking back and looking forward. Um, And the looking back part is just celebrating. I tend to be a fairly driven person. Maybe a lot of productivity-minded people are. And so I see the little gap of where we have to get to still. And when I do a quarterly review, I celebrate the gain. Like I look for, oh my goodness, look at how much progress has happened in the last 12 weeks. So I get out of the trees, see the forest and how it's grown. But then I also view as I'm evaluating goals and what will happen in the next quarter, it's a chance to recalibrate as well. You know, Rebecca, a lot of people ask me, you know, people that have never used the planner, they'll say, what makes this different from just like a calendar? And I'm curious what you would say to someone like that. Well, the biggest difference for me is the intentionality of integrating your goals. And I'm a really, uh, one of my core values is integrity. And I mean that in the sense of integration of my personal life, my spiritual life, my professional life. All of that is me. I don't compartmentalize it. And so because I'm a 
I'm a growth-oriented person. I want to continue to, to meet goals and become more fully who I am meant to be. I use the planning aspect, truly, the planning of goals, the planning of objectives. I even have a little corner I've marked out that you don't have marked, but where I write some daily intentions that help me just set my focus for the day. So it's more than a calendar, far more. I'd love to hear more about those daily intentions. Can you tell me more about that? Where, where do you put that? And, and maybe give me an example. What's something yeah. that you would maybe wrote in that this week. Okay. Um, so in each daily page, you have this section for other tasks. And I'm actually flipping through my full focus planner right now. And so I might write, basically, if I do meditation or prayer or just some journaling in the morning, sometimes some ideas come from that that I want to keep And so every time I look at my planner, I would see down at the bottom of that other tasks area, I write three or four or five statements. So the other day I wrote, um, follow the joy. I wrote, um, what you focus on grows. I wrote the phrase as yourself. So those were just three little reminders to me from, you know, how I wanted to move through my day. I love that. I also love just your perspective on your identity and how that, you know, you're not a compartmentalized being. You really bring yourself to your work, your personal life. It's all connected. Uh, And it sounds like the planner has kind of helped unify that for you. I'm curious. It sounds like you've tried, whether it's Evernote or other different tools, when it comes to your goals, do you feel like the planners helped you hit goals? Is is that a, a result you see? I think what it's done is help me keep my goals in front of me every day. So I still have an annual goal summary on Evernote that I use, but I don't look at it every day. It would require me opening that note every day, and as much as I sort of intended to do that at some point, I just didn't. But I open the planner every day, and so I I guess you could say it has helped me hit goals because I think when you keep things top of mind, you take those incremental steps, you know, that are so intentional toward reaching the goal. So today we've been talking about your quarterly big three. And I'm curious to know, you know, do you do a quarterly big three? And if so, you know, what does that look like for you? So I do break it down. I do use quarterly big three. Um, I tend to use the quarterly more looking back. Sometimes I don't have just three goals that are advancing in the quarter. So it's not a case where I'm limited to that going forward. So for example, this quarter I have, I'm flipping, (laughs) I actually do end up having three, but I have a couple sub goals under them. So I definitely use that quarterly process though to make sure that the goals that need to move forward in that time frame are doing so. And then also to review and look back, you know, at the end of the quarter as a part of setting uh, a frame of goal um, and purpose for the coming quarter. You said you have sub goals under that quarterly big three. Are those almost like mile markers to make sure that you're staying on track towards those? Is that what you mean? Yes. That's cool. Would yes. you mind, I'd love to hear. I mean, if, if you're comfortable, I would love to hear. Totally. Up sure. To you. Yeah. Um, you know, I will share one and I will confess that I borrowed this language from uh, Peter Scazzaro and he talks about emotionally healthy leadership. And so the kind of the sub goals or components under my leadership and growth goal have to do with uh, the practice of facing your shadow. That's one of his phrases. Um, lead from your marriage, meaning that, and that's that whole life integration again. Um, in this case, as a, as a, person who's a Christian, I 
have also a practice of slowing down for loving union with Christ. And then the fourth one is to practice Sabbath delight. And so those aren't quite smart goals in the way that you might, you know, frame out a business goal. But those factors for me are all part of a particular leadership growth goal that I have this year. One of the things that I've struggled with in the past, at least when it comes to the quarterly big three, is to go, well, how do I know what to focus on this quarter specifically versus quarter four or quarter three? How have you navigated that in terms of determining what are my priorities for the next 90 days? So um, in the case of the goals I just cited, those are year long. So they're gonna, that's going to be present in every quarter because it's more of a personal development goal. I do have um, and have, depending on clients or business goals, I have also things that, you know, need to be accomplished by, say, the end of October. There's a specific deadline um, built in more firmly to that. So those goals do take uh, a different sense of urgency within a specific quarter. And I have those as well. Gotcha. So you you incorporate, you look at through the year, well, what are the deadlines for certain things? And those obviously have take priority if there's some urgency as well as importance. And then mm-hmm. when it comes to sort of that personal development stuff, you try to incorporate that throughout the year in each quarter to make sure that there, those things are consistently developing. Yeah. And I actually, this, uh, Blake, this is an area where I've learned probably the hard way in my life that the deadlines always get met somehow. Um, I've worked in marketing communications for so long. I mean, deadlines do drive that, that reality and not just for me, but for many others in all kinds of professional fields. But what I find is the personal growth goals are the ones that get sidelined because they're softer. And so the quarterly goal setting helps me keep both in front of me. So yes, if I have a deadline for October, that's really important. That deadline is going you know, needs to be met. And I know that I can professionally manage and do that. What I don't want to lose alongside that is my leadership growth as well. That's a little bit harder to put a deadline on because it's developmental. So both matter in the quarterly goals for me. Yeah, I think that's so important. And we've talked over and over on this podcast about, you know, looking at your whole life, that it's not compartmentalized. And you were like preaching to the choir when you you said that we were both (laughs) shaking our heads in agreement. It's so true. I'd love to know as you've developed this quarterly preview um, practice (laughs) and kind of looking at your quarterly big three, how do you think that's like improved your overall productivity? Um, I think one of the ways it has improved my productivity is, you you know, the popular analogy of you can't see the forest for the trees. And, you know, week in and week out is kind of like being in the trees. But I think when you pull back quarterly, um, there's two specific things that I try to make part of my quarterly sort of re- looking back and looking forward. Um, and the looking back part is just celebrating. I tend to be a fairly driven person. Maybe a lot of productivity-minded people are. And so I see the little gap of where we have to get to still. And when I do a quarterly review, I celebrate the gain. Like I look for, oh my goodness, look at how much progress has happened in the last 12 weeks. So I get out of the trees, see the forest and how it's grown. But then I also view as I'm evaluating goals and what will happen in the next quarter, it's a chance to recalibrate as well. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing that. That's some great insights. We appreciate your time. Yeah, it's been so great, You're welcome. Thank you, Blake, and thank you, Courtney. It's been great to talk to you. Bye, Rebecca. Guys, uh, if I can't ask a question, I thought that was a great call from Rebecca. 
And it seems like she does a good job of combining the personal goals with business goals and even what we talk about in the planner, habit goals and achievement goals and kind of spreads those throughout the year. Is there a way that you guys think about the ratio between the number of habit goals and achievement goals that you guys might have on a uh, on a quarterly basis? 37.3% habit goals. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's what I thought it was too. Yep. I just wanted to ask. For <laughs> I'm so glad we're, you know, on the same wavelength. That's just correct. It's factual. Yeah. Um, now, do you have a, do you have a response to that? Yeah. I mean, I always just look at it and say, you know, it's hard for me to do, to do more than one habit goal a quarter. Just realistically, for me personally, that's my limit. And so I try to limit it to one habit goal a quarter. I don't, what about you, Blake? Yeah, I think it'll be different for each person listening. One of the pitfalls, I think, of productivity advice in general is you feel like you have to play somebody else's game to win. And the whole point of the planner is that you can create your own. So for you, it's, yeah, maybe one habit goal is pretty much your limit. She, You know that because you've used the planner for a while and you've done quarterly reviews and gone, oh, I tried to do five habit goals and only, you know, tried to juggle five things, maybe none happened, let's limit that down. So not to give a non-answer to that, but I do think that it takes some practice Mm -hmm. and then some review. And I would even say some outside insight, Okay, uh, which is a weird way to phrase it, I guess, but some outside input. Um, And so for me, what that looks like is talking to people that I trust, you know, talking to my boss, Hey, how do you experience me? I noticed, you know, here was here were our goals. Like here, you know, did you think that I really performed well? What could I have done better? Talking to your spouse uh, and not keeping that totally inside your own head, I think that can give you some valuable feedback because you know what? Maybe this quarter you've got a maybe all three of your goals should be personal mm. because of stuff going on sure. or stuff that you you know you want to see happen. Or vice versa, you know, maybe things are just kind of cooking, you know, in personal life, you've got that dialed in. So that would be my advice. It never looks the same for me. Everybody listening, I know you're a high achiever and we've got goals. We've got big projects. We've got things that we want to accomplish this year. And truly, if we're not intentional about how we approach that, just work and life, it will just it'll just get in the way. Exactly. This episode was great because it's giving you a plan. The quarterly big three is going to give you a roadmap to achieve all the goals that you have set for the year. If you've got a planner. Uh, go to your goal section, figure out what your big three are going to be for this quarter. In fact, I would even encourage people to jump in the group, in the community, yeah, on Facebook, and share what your quarterly big three are. Totally. Yeah, I want to give one other tip about setting your quarterly big three. Schedule time to do it. Uh, even if you're a planner user, go ahead and figure out when you're going to end your quarter, when you could sit down and set some time aside to figure out what your quarterly big three are. Oh, schedule time to, to set the big three. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I For me, I have to schedule it. If I don't, I'm just turning through life. I'll just keep going. I'll just keep plowing through life, and I won't take the time to figure out what should be my quarterly big three. That's a good pro tip to end the episode. So if you haven't set a quarterly big three, even even if we're you know maybe partway through what you would measure as the quarter, it's not too late. Think about what you can That's get right. done before the end of the quarter. Schedule some time and get that done. And like I said, we'd love to, to hear what that is. We've got a Facebook community full of people really trying to wrestle through, navigate productivity in their personal and professional life. So uh, yeah, if you're not already, join the community, the Full Focus Planner community on Facebook. 
Hey, Blake, uh, do you hate Mondays? No. All right? I think a lot of people listening, they hate Mondays. So next week, we're going to tell you how you can guarantee not to hate Mondays anymore. We're going to give you one practice that you can do each and every week to make sure your Mondays are a smash. Until then, stay, stay focused. focused. It's a